Welcome to the opening broadcast of Body Talk here on 103.5 FM, The Sun, Community Radio. My name is Spencer Kaufman. This program is all about conversations, body language, and relating to other people, how to communicate more effectively with others so that you may understand them and really know exactly what everybody is saying. Body language is a universal feature. It is like 90% nonverbal, a part of our communication that everybody knows and everybody speaks, but not everybody understands it. How often do you communicate with someone and you're not exactly sure what they mean or whether they are actually saying what you think they mean or you're misinterpreting the situation? How often do you talk to somebody and you get the feeling that they may be saying something different than what they're actually saying verbally. Or if you're watching a situation and you can understand what's going on between two people across the room simply by how they are behaving and looking at each other or talking to each other, but you can't hear their conversation. In the same way, how about speakers of other languages? You can't understand what they're saying, yet you have a pretty good idea of the context of the situation and what's going on between them. You can understand if they're mad or if they're happy. You picked up all of that even though you didn't understand what the language they were speaking. You understood their body language. You may not have perfectly understood the body language to know enough, but you have a context based on a simple understanding of body language. It's a universal language across all different types of people, no matter what language they speak. It doesn't matter if they're male or female whether they're young or old, whether they are from Africa or Russia or the United States, it's 100% universal. So the question today is, why are you listening to this broadcast? For most of you, you already have the dial tuned to this station. You're a regular listener. This program wasn't advertised, so basically, what, what is the point of it? Well, who is it for? It is for everyone, everyone and anyone, and by that I mean everyone. Body language is something that everybody uses on a daily basis. We use it, like I said, 90% of the time. It is the majority of our conversation, yet it is not understood by everyone. So who could benefit from this and in what situations does it occur? Well, if you speak to any other people ever, if you talk to them at the grocery store or if you run into someone at the gym, you're talking to a coworker or a friend, whether it's on the phone or in person, body language is occurring. Now, if it's on the phone or like right here on the radio, you may not see that my hands are moving or my gestures are going, but you could hear my voice. And part of nonverbal communication and body language includes some verbal communications, how my voice changes or moves. Sometimes if, I, if people get excited, then they talk a little bit faster or if they're bored, maybe they talk in a more monotone or slower voice. So there's a lot of different variety that goes with body language. It's not 100% body. It can also incorporate things like your voice. And if you can learn to interpret that and understand it, you'll be much better able to relate to other people. What about if you have kids? Kids are excellent at displaying body language, and the reason is because they haven't learned how to hide it yet. As we get older, we learn to mask our emotions or conceal them, to hide them. We learn how to lie, let's say, and how to cover it up. We learn to 
be polite or social. If you ever received a gift or your child receives a gift from grandma and it's a sweater with a bird on it or something and the child is like, man, this is terrible, but you teach your child, no, say thank you to grandma, you really like the gift, you maybe even make them write a thank you note, meanwhile they hated the gift. But you do that to teach them to be polite while you just taught them how to lie. Now was that a bad thing? Well, they're being polite and it's not a bad thing, but it is still lying and it's part of deception and they're learning that body language from you. So if you have kids, especially if they are growing up and teenagers, etc., if you can learn to recognize their body language and what they're really feeling and understanding, you'll be much better able to relate to your kids, other people's kids, and to really connect with them. And this is extremely important in the teenage world because they're kind of a different breed of people. They're, they're a breed of their own where they really don't express themselves at all except in ways that is usually uh, to the dismay of the parent. So if you can understand what that teenager is really feeling or really saying, then you'll be able to reach out to them and connect with them a lot more. What about if you work with other people? If you have coworkers and you're in an office setting or a warehouse or whatever, anytime you have coworkers, body language and understanding what people really mean is huge. Because if, if let's give an example. If there are two coworkers and you guys are are working and it's kind of slow, and one coworker says to the other, Oh, don't worry, you can go home, I got it. And so the person's like, wow, that was pretty nice. And so they go home a little early. Meanwhile, that coworker could go over to the boss, look who left early again. Who's going to get the promotion when it comes up? Not the one that went home early, even though that person thought that the other guy was just being nice. So it's always something to pay attention to because sometimes some people may do things that appear nice, but they could have an ulterior or a hidden motive. And that motive comes out in body language. Why? Because it's universal. People can't help it. The unconscious is so truthful and it wants to express that truthfulness. So no matter what, anytime, whatever people really feel, it's going to ex be expressed on their body. So it can be seen if you can recognize it and see it. Now one thing is, with body language, is not all signs have the same meaning. And by that I mean it could have multiple meanings. So for example, if someone folds their arms, that doesn't mean that they're necessarily defensive or lying or withholding something. It could mean that it's cold outside or they're cold in the room. Maybe they're sitting at a fast food restaurant and they're under the vent and they're chilly. It could be any type of a situation where that could have multiple meanings. And for you to just think that it's one meaning is going to mess you up down the road. Similarly, when people cross their legs, they have two main types of leg crossing positions. One would be the figure four leg position where the, you kind of put your ankle on your knee and it looks like a number four. That's typically done by males. Typically it's United States. Uh, the other type is leg over leg, which is usually like a, more of a female gesture. Or people in Britain and England, they often cross their legs in that pattern. And this was a big thing back in the World Wars when the United States had uh, agents or operatives over there trying to infiltrate and understand what was going on. And they got caught because when they were meeting with other people, they crossed their legs in the figure four position as typical to their normal behavior, whereas the England people crossed their legs 
leg over leg. Well, the United States quickly learned from that and taught their agents to properly cross their legs when in another country. So those types of a things, and they, they could mean different things too. So when you see someone crossing their legs, like for in that example, they knew that that was out of place in that situation. Therefore, they knew that they had to be an American spy, and obviously they got caught. Or if that's happening in America, we know that that's pretty normal. Whereas if we see men crossing the legs the other way, that's not so normal. It happens a lot more nowadays, but 20 years ago, you didn't see that very often. And in, similarly, in business situations, when people start to cross their legs or, or fold their arms, they're getting more engaged or they're withdrawing. It could be either or. It depends on the type of situation and what the rest of the body is doing. For example, if someone is in a business meeting and they cross their legs in the figure four position and they lean back and fold their arms, they're kind of pulling away. Whereas if they cross their legs in the figure four position and they're putting like the one hand on their chin with their elbow in their other hand, sort of like the thinking position, now you know that they're engaged in that conversation. So those gestures kind of put together, you had the crossing of the legs, you had the arms leaning back or forward, that develops a pattern or what's called a cluster of behaviors. And those are what determine the meaning of those behaviors. It's not simply a single behavior that you can learn and understand. It's multiple. So if you work in other areas like the legal system, you, maybe you are an attorney or a clerk or an aide, perhaps you're in law enforcement or in politics of any kind. That's all within the legal arena. Those fields are heavy in body language, especially deception. The social workers or aid type people could be dealing with delinquents or kids, placing them places, having to understand what they're doing. Attorneys, they got to deal with clients who could be lying to be on or off to get away from something. And judges obviously could watch that. In addition, anyone with a jury in the room has tremendous advantage to be able to understand body language. If they can look at the jury when they're positioning and putting their questions out or interrogating witnesses or questioning witnesses, things like that, if they can see the jury's reactions to certain answers or certain people, they will know whether they will get a favorable outcome in that trial. For example, there's a, a TV show. It's, it's on now. I think it was on like last year it started. It's called Bull. And that show is all about jury selection and whether or not certain jurors are predispositioned to like certain positions. It's all about psychology and body language. And they ask these questions and they make people wear certain things to allow the jurors to like them more or to be more favorable towards them. And these jurors end up voting and dis delivering a verdict that's favorable to the position of this team of people that are selecting these jurors and putting them in. Now, in real life, it's not always favorable, but in the show, it makes for great TV because you can really see this body language and psychology in action. There's another TV show called Psych. Now, I've never really seen the episodes. I've, I've only seen about 10 minutes of this one episode, but it comes to mind. And there's a, the two people in there, they're in a courtroom, and they're helping out this client. And the attorney is up there, and he's asking the witness questions, and these two guys that own this uh, 
like investigative psych firm, they are watching this and they're seeing that this one jury lady is not liking what's going on. So then they call the attorney over and they say, what's going on? And they look at him and they say, okay, well, let's look at your suit. That looks good. Your shoes are good. Your pants are good. Oh, your tie. Your tie is terrible. So they get him a different tie. And then later you see the, the uh, attorney kind of touching his tie a little bit. And then that lady warms up to him because obviously the tie was the problem. That's maybe not a perfect example of it, but it's true nonetheless, and it can be true. Obviously, this was in TV, but things like that do happen in real life. So if you're in any of those types of places, sales is another amazing field that has tons of body language. When you are selling something, you need to know whether or not your potential buyer is receptive to what you're saying. And if they're not receptive and you can pick up on that, then you know not to waste your time. We've got a realtor here who does all kinds of sales. He, uh, this is something that he just kind of showed up today, and uh, we've got him. So we're going to talk to him, take advantage of this. So how are you doing? Hey, Spencer, I'm good. Good. So how does the body language interact with what you do for a living? Uh, it's, it's just a part of my sales um, that I've been taught over the years. Um, I watch for your body language. I watch your cues. Mm -hmm. And so when someone is, let's say, shutting down, does it pay to continue talking to them? It depends on what button I want to push and what response I'm trying to get from them. Mm -hmm. What about if you've already see that these people are committed to making a purchase, like they want to buy this house, then what? Do you keep trying to sell them on no. that house? And I think that's where the biggest issue with salespeople is that once you get the, the sale or the, you've closed them, uh, or the biggest mistake is you keep talking and you talk your way out of that sale. Right. Yeah. If you talk too much, you bother them and they shut down. So that is excellent. Now you have a show on this station that people can tune into if they like. It's called the Sun Prairie Real Estate Show and I'm Bill Baker and we, uh, we, we're on live every Wednesday at 11 o'clock right here on 103.5 The Sun, the Sun. WLSPLP. Community radio. Absolutely, man. Excellent. Hey, this is a great show. I like your ideas that you've got, and um, I use this all the time, I'm even socially and professionally. And I think once you've really gotten into, as we were talking about, the neurolinguistic side of this, mm -hmm. um, you will have a different relationship with people. You yeah. can see what they're saying without moving their lips. Yeah. It, body language is a huge factor in communication and that's something that a lot of people don't really take advantage of and they don't realize it how impactful that can be on negotiating any type of deal or social situation sure or no, even negotiating with your child right you big know? time with your child yep or <laughs> or even with uh in the medical field negotiating with a patient or with someone who you think maybe needs care whether it's your grandparent or your parent someday right exactly mm -hmm. exactly yeah Okay, well, now the question is, who am I and why am I qualified to teach you about body language? So now you're going to kind of hear a little bit about myself, a little bit about my story, and, or a part of it anyway. So this will establish a little bit of credibility, so you'll know I'm not, not just up here blowing smoke. I'm telling you stuff that is actually true, that will impact and will help you, and you heard that it does play a major role in sales in other places as well. So I'm going to skip over the early years of my life. I'm not really that old, so there's not a ton of stuff to talk about. But 
When I was in elementary school, I received a presidential academic award for education, and then I uh, never went to high school after that. Instead, I used some homeschool curriculum to complete 7th to 12th grade, so six grades in three years, which is half the time of the public school system. But during that time, I was also able to learn a lot of other things, and I had a lot of free time. I was able to do things that a kid would want to do. I played in the woods all the time. I was swimming a lot, all kinds of things like that. But what happened was my mother, she wanted to homeschool us when I was in fifth grade, and I absolutely hated it. And so I went back in sixth grade, and I was bored out of my mind. So I made a deal with her and said, look, I'll be home if you get me all the kind of curriculum that I can do on my own, and I can just test out, and that's that. Because the problem that we had when I was at home the first time was that she was relearning all of the information that I was supposed to learn. So it was a big, big dilemma. So anyway, then when I was 14 years old, I enrolled in some locksmithing courses, got a couple of diplomas there. At age 16, I went to a two-year college where I took a degree program to transfer And it was a 40-credit transfer curriculum, but I did 18 credits a semester. So in one year, I had 36 credits done. So my advisor said, you know what, just take another degree program. So I I graduated there in two years with an associate degree and then another diploma in concrete masonry. Transferred to Minnesota State University, or MSUM, where I double majored in psychology and philosophy and graduated in 2012 at age 19. That's where I really got involved in body language and talking about deception and human emotions and the neuropsychology aspect of it. I began extensively studying facial expressions, human emotion, body language in 2010. And as a part of my senior psychology research thesis, we were required to conduct a scientific study, an experiment, where we wrote about a study that we were going to perform We did the results sections, we did statistical analysis, research and methods, all that kind of stuff, and I did it on whether or not people could tell the difference between a real smile or a fake smile. It's called facial expression, the difference between enjoyment and non-enjoyment smiles. And so when I was doing this, I tested a lot of people and I had a little bit of some revolutionary topics that other people, other researchers had not yet done. For one, I used this eye tracking data. So I was able to monitor people's eyes and see where they were looking on the screen when they were watching a smile. This enabled me to see exactly what portion of the face they were looking at, whereas past studies or past research only relied on people's self-responses. So they would ask them at the end, where do you think you looked to determine a real versus a fake smile? I also did that, and then I compared the results with the eye-tracking data and found that most people who were better at detecting a real versus a fake smile, they looked at the eyes instead of the mouth. Now, this is huge because when it comes to body language, there are so many myths that people believe that are actually wrong, and they think it's true. For example, it's because it would kind of make sense. Anything that's common sense is not really true in body language. When someone smiles, where would you think you would look to determine whether the smile is real or fake? Most people would say, well, you look at the mouth because that's where the smile occurs. However, what we found was when people looked at the mouth, they were wrong like 70% of the time. Whereas when they looked at the eyes, they were right 
over 70% of the time. So this was a huge finding. It was something that was revolutionary in that it wasn't what we expected. It wasn't what anybody expected. So that study was published in a paper in 2013 in an academic journal. Uh, that led to more research that I wanted to do on body language and deception. So for my senior paper that year, I did a ton of uh, research on different signs of deception and cues to spotting lies and reading people and determining whether or not they would tell the truth. And I did that, and that was part of my paper, and that eventually became my first book, A Guide to Deception, which we'll talk about that more next time in the story behind that book. And in that time as well, I was also certified at the expert level as a microexpression training tool and the subtle expression training tool, which were both developed by Dr. Paul Ekman, and he is a huge founder in body language, deception research, human emotions. He started this. He was the, like the first guy to really determine that body language was universal. He went over to tribes that didn't even know how to speak languages in New Guinea and other areas, and he tested things and saw these signs of enjoyment or disgust. They call them like seven universal signs of emotion, and he cataloged all this stuff, and he's done so much research over decades and decades. In fact, they also did a TV show on him and his research on Fox. This was a, It only ran for three seasons, and then they cut it, I'm sure, because they were probably giving people too much information, so the politicians didn't want that, maybe. But it was called Lie to Me, and it's a great show that's filled with all kinds of scenarios where this firm is going in. It's kind of like Bull. This firm goes in and they help people and they just get to the truth and all kinds of signs of deception and body language and human emotion are displayed and talked about and seen and people can really, you could learn a lot from that show alone. So since I wrote A Guide to Deception, since then I've written like 10 books, mainly about self-help and success topics, how to um, do better at life and your business, social media, etc., I've also written a number of devotional ebooks. All that's available online, and you'll hear a little bit of background on them next time as well. In 2016, I started posting a weekly blog post on the Deception Tips blog, and this was, I took the cover image from the book A Guide to Deception, which is sort of a, an interesting image. I, it's, it's of me, and I've got my back turned to the cover, so I've, I've got a suit on, and then my fingers are crossed. My left hand is behind my back and the fingers are crossed and then my right hand is up like I'm swearing an oath but the fingers are crossed behind my back. And so I took that image and then I took all of these deception tips and just put like a one or two sentence tip on that and did a weekly blog post for a couple of years. After that I started a podcast because it was so popular. People really got into this deception topic and, and I've had like over a couple thousand followers on different social media platforms alone and there are just tons of people that were really into that content. So I started this podcast called the Deception Tips Podcast where I do an episode every week and it's on each one of those. So it's specifically on each deception tip and it's all about that one tip. 15 minutes, it's every Thursday, strictly on spotting lies and detecting deception. And so that is something that people really enjoy and they want to know more about. And most of the reason is because once people start understanding body language, they see and understand that 
it really is something that's happening. It's not just a pseudoscience or a fake research thing. It's something that they can use in their everyday life. They see it and they start to understand it. And then they start to realize that, wow, this is kind of cool to be able to communicate with people more effectively and to understand what they're saying. And this is especially true in people who are dating or who are trying to date the pre-stages of dating. They love to know what the other person is saying. How often do you hear stories of people when when you're at a gathering or some kind of event and you say, well, how did you two meet? And they tell the story and then one or the other says, well, I waited three weeks for them to ask me out or something like that. And the reason is because they couldn't pick up on the signs that that person was interested in them. So they may have been interested in the other person and then they didn't realize that the other person was also interested in them because they couldn't see those signs of interest or attraction or anything like that. So that is why it's such a popular topic among those types of people. Anyone dating, if you have a spouse, and it's especially important if you're married so you can know what your spouse is saying or doing or anything like that because people really, when you start to understand and relate to them, your relationships deepen and you really give the impression that you care and hopefully you do care because that would be the goal but some people don't and they could use this those types of people are called sociopaths so that's not most of us (laughs) so if you start to see the signs on other people you will start to care about them the only reason you would want to start seeing these and want to start relating to other people is because you care so that is why it's so important to start to pay attention to body language and be aware of what is going on around you. It will help you and those around you because you'll be able to understand what they're really meaning and you'll be able to relate to them a lot more. So that's why this episode and this series of radio broadcasts here, this is going to be a regular show, Body Talk, right here on 103.5 FM. It's dedicated to talking about body language in general. It's not just about deception or about happiness or about certain emotions. It's going to be about all kinds of emotions. And so that's a big challenge here is because body language is like 90% nonverbal. Whereas on the radio, we are 100% verbal. You don't see me and I don't see you. So this is going to be something where you are going to have to use your imagination and think about things and start to pay attention to what's going on around you and keeping these signs in mind so that you can start to see them on yourself and on other people. And only then will you be able to recognize what is going on around you. You can become a more effective communicator, a better listener, and be more cognizant of the feelings and what other people are really trying to tell you. So past episodes of all of this stuff is available on sunprairiemediacenter.com or on the Body Talk podcast. And I also want to put out a little bit of a word of caution to you. When you start to dig into body language and deception and understanding what people are really talking about, what they're really feeling and meaning, when you become more self-aware, it can be a surreal feeling because now you're going to know a lot more of what's going on. If verbal language is only 10% and body language is 90%, you're used to understanding 10% of what's going on around you. When you start understanding more, that can kind of shake you to your core a little bit. You'll start to realize that maybe someone 
who says they like your new haircut doesn't really mean that. And if you're sensitive, that could be pretty offensive to you. So it's something that you kind of need to take with a grain of salt and develop a little bit of a thick skin because once you start seeing all of this stuff around you and once you start becoming more self-aware, then it could shake you a little bit. But if you go into it with that intention of you're not going to get broken down and you're going to use this and you're going to start doing it to be more effective at communicating with people and to be able to understand them a little better, then you'll be all right throughout all of this. So another thing is it's not always necessary to point out every single thing that you see. So for example, with the social lie of receiving a gift you don't like, if you see that happen and you're the uncle and you see that your nephew receives a gift that he doesn't like, you don't need to tell your mother that he hated that gift because that could upset your mother. So you don't need to always point out every single thing you see because sometimes it may really not be that important. So I want to thank you for listening and tuning in today. It is a great broadcast, and I hope that you will continue to listen as time goes on. Like I said, we'll be back here every week. 